still be loving you when mountains crumble to the sea still be you and me a couple of times times throw that throw the full name in there it's a short name or the uh, or the the website that kind of thing yeah yeah okay so we're here for another episode of Gunderpants we have um, my producers (laughs) Sophie and Nicholas and uh, we're beginning well still going along with our uh, women own their own business kind of series and we have invited our guest Dawn Hello. to um, tell us about herself and her business. So uh, we have a company called Doje, and I say we. It's um, me and my business partner, Amanda Krantz. Um, we have created a platform with an engineer to uh, make it easy for patients and their families and their, their people to thank uh, people in healthcare. So. Nurses, doctors, um, you know, respiratory therapists, all the people, um, even down to the front desk people um, and um, those who clean your room and bring you food and all that fantastic stuff. So we created this about five years ago and um, it has been quite a journey, quite an exciting endeavor. So how did you come up with this idea of Doje and thanking everyone that people deal with in the hospital. So my business partner and I separately had um, labor and delivery experiences. She was in California. I was in Colorado. These were different years, not even the same time frame. And um, we each had remarkable um, labor and delivery teams and uh, specifically the nurses. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, a little bit of time passed and um, I was looking for a new thing to do. My kid was uh, entering kindergarten, my youngest. And so it was like, you know, let's move from being a more, uh, I stayed at home as long as I could. And uh, now kids going up to school, I need a new thing to do. And um, it just so happened the timing was perfect. Amanda called me up and said, so I have this idea. She told me about her experience in the hospital and I was blown away with how similar it was to mine and, you know, different times, different states, different places, everything was different, but that level of investment from that labor and delivery nurse or those labor and delivery nurses was just so powerful. And when we looked into ways to thank them, Amanda, um, you know, tried at first to thank her nurse and she couldn't find her. So there's this crazy like arms up uh, fence around caregivers, um, especially nurses, where the hospital um, tries to protect them. And you can understand you don't want people stalking your staff, right? But that's exactly what's happening, um, especially through Facebook. Uh, They're finding you online and kind of tracking you down that way. And so we talked to hundreds, um, you know, first it was just a few nurses and then we talked to hundreds of nurses and it became probably thousands of healthcare um, workers that we've actually spoken to to get their stories about how, how do they want to be thanked? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, sure, there's this level where you just do your job and it's pretty remarkable in healthcare. Just doing your job is pretty remarkable to the rest of us that are receiving the care, right? And then there's those people that 
that go above that level. And they are just astounding. And anyway, so what it comes down to is when we first started this thing, when we first started Doje, we wanted to kind of crowdfund, um, crowdfund micro donations from people um, so that nurses and, and, and healthcare people could get what they wanted instead of receiving cookies, right? Like right. cookies are great. <laughs> Most people like cookies, but I don't know if you know, but there's this huge, um, health crisis in the healthcare industry. Mm -hmm. So many nurses are um, overweight and unhealthy because they don't make time to exercise because they're always helping people. Right. So um, when we learned that, we're like, okay, well, how do we, how do we make this better for everybody? Mm -hmm. And so we thought, all right, what if we, what if we create some sort of um, method so people could contribute five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever, hundreds if they can, Mm -hmm. um, into these personal funds where they can get gift cards to REI or Zappos or, you know, whatever, whatever thing was their thing. Sure. Um, And then we started doing research and I found out that um, there are places across the country, there are um, healthcare organizations that um, you can be fired if you receive even a 10 or $15 gift card or gift. So I can kind of see that as a conflict of interest, and that is why. Right. So I, I get that. Right. It's sad, but I get it. Right. So what's frustrating about that, though, is because doctors are independent contractors for the most part. They don't have to deal with those same rules. Right. So right. you've got, you've got you know, especially in labor and delivery, which is where all this joy happens, right? Um, they are so thankful. And if you're, if you're wealthy or if, you know, if you have the means... These people want to say thank you, and the easiest thing for them is like, okay, well, I have this really great bottle of wine sure, or sure. whatever, and and they can gift that to the doctor. They can't do it to the nurse, and right. the nurse has to go, thank you, you know, I appreciate you're an employee, so right? Strange. Exactly. So it is strange. It's a very interesting place to be, and unfortunate, right? Exactly. And so there are other organizations where doctors and nurses and all the staff are on a level playing field. And they, um, they usually have rules like you can accept gifts up to 25 bucks or mm-hmm. you can accept up to $50. But then after that, then it becomes a conflict of interest. And, and I, I agree with you. Like, I understand you don't want somebody to be able to pay their way right. for better care. You want the same care for everybody. And hopefully it's exceptional. It's just ask backwards because, like you're saying, you see the doctor maybe a half hour out of the hours that you see the nurses. And they... Right. You might not even see the same doctor, like right. not even your doctor, depending on the shift change or whatever, or, you know, I don't, so that's, that's, that's really sad. I actually feel bad about that. And it's a, it's an interesting thing to think about, like who is more, um, who is more vital to your care, the doctors or the nurses, right? But it's, it's not really a competition when you get right down to it. It's a, it's a team. Okay. So I actually, I, I, when I was um, giving birth to my second I pre-planned my gift baskets before my <laughs> delivery date so that I would get better care. Just heads up. Just a little. You, you let them know that you were. That I you brought were... them to my like two appointments before my final. Hey, thanks for doing such a good job. And crew and was like, I appreciate you. <laughs> Don't kill me. Uh, so just for my own personal. That's so funny. <laughs> so it's real. Try to buy But that's, off, that's buy a really. Has, has your. Has. Have you been successful? You said five years now, and so you guys have been successful and gotten this off the ground. And yes, off the ground, not as not as far as we had hoped when we dreamed this up, um, because we found that um, healthcare is just so much harder than you expect, mm-hmm. um, and we knew it was hard going in. We, we knew that, right? Sure. 
And then you you're in it and you're like, holy cow, it's so difficult to get the, the to get the call through to, you know, to actually speak to people in charge, the decision making people. Mm-hmm. And then it's so difficult because of their schedules and all of the things that they have to manage to get them all in a room to agree. Now, mm-hmm. so success, success wise, most people that hear about what we do and, and the services that we're offering are like, oh, my God, it's the best idea ever. Absolutely. Why haven't we done this already? Right. But getting from that to the, you know, the CFO to sign off on, you know, on this new initiative and um, to pay us for our services has been interesting. And it's not like nobody has ever said, oh, that's far too much money. You're asking for too much money, which is crazy. It makes you think that we should really ask more. Probably. Right? But it's always one of those things like because we're not solving 18 problems. Right. We're solving one or two problems, really. We're, we're solving the problem of having patients thank their caregivers and we're also solving the problem of caregivers thanking each other. Right. So we're working on um, team building and, um, and team building on the upside. But anyway, so success, yes, but not as successful as I would have imagined that Seems we might like be. There's a lot of barriers. There's, lot there's of tons of barriers. I'm sure you get a lot of pushback as they're just doing their job. So why? Actually, no. Um, most of the people that we've that. spoken to really understand how, um, how dedicated, especially nurses are. Wow. Yeah. I'm su- I don't know why I'm surprised about that, but I guess because I feel I've heard that about teachers. Right. And to me, it's almost equa- it's equated to the same well, thing. It's like the, they're just doing their job. Well, but I feel like in like when you're, you know, trying to get a gift together for end of the year for teachers, right? You'll get 19 out of 22 parents that are gung-ho, what more can we do? I want to bake something or here's an idea or whatever. And you'll get a couple that are like, well, they get summers off, right? That's it. They're just programmed to just be that way. And I feel like most people who interact, there's always like, the terrible patient, right? Right. Who's nasty and mean and does not want to send a thank you gift of any kind. And but most people they can never get the care. Like that especially L and D. Like I feel like you're so in it. You're. I was very nice. I was saying thank you as much as I could in the process, but you're not. The, you're not there really, you know. And then and then these people just kind of come and go, and, right. and I don't know, you know, where they go. Right. They're right. off their shift, and then you have another one, and right. And so I get that where you're like, at the end, you're like, oh, I, in my natural state, I would have been much more appreciative. And I think right? it depends on the facility you're at, too. Like, there's always a different vibe. Like, I've been to two different hospitals now, and I've gotten totally different mm-hmm. kind of care. It's So, so you know, it's kind of funny how that if there's all these wheels turning, then it would be impossible to get through that tape to just... And if we had socialized healthcare, that probably wouldn't be such right. a problem. So how interesting <laughs> that you bring that up. My um, my business partner, Amanda, um, just went to her reunion at Harvard Business School, and she spoke on a panel, and um, somebody that she went to school with approached her after and uh, is some sort of, you know, bigwig in um, the national healthcare system in the UK and said, this is awesome. Why you need to bring this here. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're doing this week. We're investigating like, how do we become international? Mm-hmm. And it's crazy to think that, okay, you conceive of this idea of this business. And, you know, luckily Amanda has gone to business school and has run a couple of businesses and she knows what that's like. But right. for, for me, that's very remarkable. Like mm-hmm. to go from idea stage to an actual working business to an international business. It's it's very American dreamy for me. It yes, is. Yes. Well, that's awesome for you. I mean, that's totally awesome well, to have. Well, and then, talk to me in a year. <laughs> right. Well, right. Sometime. Well, 
And I would think they'd probably be more successful with well, national health international right. than, you know. Um, so we've, we've received, um, a part of what we do is we take thank you notes from all over the country uh-huh. and all over the world. We haven't had that many outside of the U.S., but um, we have had a couple from France, which has been very cool. So I got to track them down nice. and uh, deliver these thank you notes from grateful patients. And you kind of wonder, like, how do they even find us, right? <laughs> like, I don't know. They found us somehow, which is really cool. And they must have typed in just the right thing for Doje to come up. So awesome. it's D-O-H-J-E. What does the name come from? Um, so it is a anglicized um, uh, version of doje, which is thank you in Cantonese. Oh, okay. So, and, and not that we have any specific um, association with Cantonese, but when you're looking to name a company and you're, you're like, okay, well, it's all about gratitude. It's about thank you. And you're looking at all of these, you know, URLs that are available. Doje just mm-hmm. stuck in it and it, it goes against all of the um, advice that you're given on how to name a company because it should be easy to spell and easy to say. Mm-hmm. And neither one of those things are true for us. <laughs> um, but it is very uh, interesting that um, at UCSF in California, we um, it has become a verb. So um, they'll be like, oh, I'm going to doje you. So, wow, that's cool. So like right. in, the, in the same way that like I'm going to Venmo you or... Exactly. Or that's really I Googled cool. that, right? I Googled that, yeah. yeah. Right. So that's really cool. And... Um, and that's more of the, the peer-to-peer thank yous that are happening in, in that way. But it's uh, it's pretty cool to become a verb. Yeah, yeah right? So if we want to go to your website, what is your website? www.dohje.com. Perfect. Oh, so I was going to say it'd be interesting to know how people from other countries are treated in our healthcare. Like, I would like to see... How that works. I remember when we went to Mark had his work company. Oh my God, that scared me. Sorry. Cat just jumped on somebody's lap. <laughs> so Mark had his work conference in Mexico years ago, and one of the Canadian folks got sick. And you have to pay like $20,000 up front when you are in Mexico, apparently. And because of Canada not having like they have the universal care. So he had to pay 20,000 up front and then somehow he's got to get reimbursed. Like it's oh, just like you open an account. Yeah. And so you, but you have to like, who's got that? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would just die. <laughs> yeah. I would just die right. too. And I never followed up like what kind of care. I mean, I don't know if that's really kind of what I'm talking about as far as. Well, right. You know, it would but, just be interesting to understand how the right. help, how the different healthcare systems work in different yeah, countries. Like how do they, they treat you as a, as an American or a, a person who can't speak English very well or whatever. Like, right. I, I would like to know, like, how that works. Right. If you're from not this country, but another country like that, that has universal care. So um, one of our advisors. Not anything to do with anything. But. Well, one of our advisors, her name is Elspeth Connery, and she is a midwife um, from the UK. Mm-hmm. And she has been just fantastic, a, a wealth of information, of not only this healthcare system, but the UK healthcare system. And um, she spent a lot of time in uh, the UAE, I think. Um, so she was, I, I remember having uh, drinks in um, in California with her and just discussing like the differences. Uh, and, and our crazy model of L&D um, versus what most of the rest of the world do, right? Like, so we have this very clinical, um, hospital-based care to have babies, and the rest of the world is not like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you have so many more choices of whether you want to deliver at home 
or whether you want to deliver in a birth center or if you have to deliver in a hospital, sure, they accommodate that. But it's so much more of making you comfortable in whatever space that you choose versus like every, you know, making all the pegs fit into the into the right um, shape. I had a friend who was visiting in um, New Zealand and got sick and she just went to a pharmacy and they gave her free antibiotics. Like, huh. so You're I not know that you don't. Yeah, here you go. Yeah, they don't care. Yeah, there's a, there, I mean, I'm sure she had travel insurance. Traveling outside the United States, generally people do. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that my Canadian family, when they came down and their child was sick, we went over to St. Joe's and he was treated. Um, again, they had travel insurance. Sure. But, I mean, I think we're pretty good with that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just easier, you know, I mean, yeah. if you needed emergency surgery in a, in a country that has national health care. They just, you know, put you in there. Right. That's what, that's what I, um, I was just talking to a friend who was, uh, he had food poisoning. What is up with food poisoning? Um, in the UK when he was traveling there, when he was a student and. Because all food, all food in the UK is poison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he said it was just an amazing experience because it was like, I'm sick and they helped him. And it was like, right. we're good. Like no debt collectors or anything like that. So that's right. got to be. Um, it's so certainly a wider conversation, of course, but uh, that must allow for a lot of um, a lot less stress yeah. for for people that you know, may not make as much money. Um, where are you seeing this? So it sounds like you're trying to move forward internationally, and so at what point in in America are you kind of like, you know, it's just it's not picking up or, you know, what do you feel like? Do you need to advertise more? Or well, certainly, certainly. Um, and, and so uh, one of the things that um, uh, people that are uh, embarking on business ownership should really think about is where are they, where are they getting their money? And, um, you know, how are you taking on investment? Are you, are you getting a loan from the bank or are you um, getting money from investors? And how does that look and, and what method are you going to manage that? So we have, a few investors, not very many, mm-hmm. and um, we haven't taken that much money. Um, we have been successful in charging our customers some amount, so that has offset the cost of operation. Sure, um, but it's been a labor of love too. Like um, I could have had almost any other job for the number of hours that I put into this thing, sure, and I would have been successful. Right, um, I would have made more money than I make now. Sure, um, but again, it's like. Okay, so how much of your time do you give away? And how, you know, because this is something that I believe in, sure. I'm willing to work 80, 90 hours in a week. And then, you know, but I also have the opportunity, I can go camping for three days. Sure. And I don't have to be bothered, you know, like I don't necessarily have to check in. Right. Um, I can be in the mountains for three days. Which is super nice. Right, exactly. So I trade, um, I trade stability and money for flexibility and um, passion. Which is scary. It's totally that's scary. Very scary. scary. Totally and scary. that's a big thing of um, where I came up with this that, you know, it's scary for women in general. And I know we, I kind of generalized last time that a lot of more family stuff fall on women just for whatever reason or the spouse that is more at home, I guess. Well, statistically, yeah. you're absolutely right. Right. I mean, I don't want to generalize, but it's just the way that it's going. And how scary that is to be that person. And, you know, I don't, like if my husband lost 
his job or something, we'd be screwed because I wouldn't know how to get back in there without killing some people because I'm like, I'm not used to, I can get away from people when I want to, right. I can go do this when I need to, or, you know, whatever. I, I mean, that's very small on what I'm saying, but it's, this is kind of what I wanted to bring to the table that women just, it's very hard for women to decide or the spouse to stay home and do their own business. It's um, not even stable, but, you know, have a business from a full-time lucrative job, I guess. Right. It's, um, it's certainly a sacrifice in, in some ways and, you know, all the, and not in others. Right. So, um, I went to engineering school and so, I have every, uh, I had every opportunity to, to, to make some, you know, sure. To make a nice wage, sure. To make a nice career for myself. Um, but I'm also a musician. So it's, um, I've always been that creative. I've always been, uh, driven creatively. And I had a fear when I was in school that I didn't want to get stuck making a gear. Like I didn't want to get stuck in this little tiny place where I couldn't grow and try right. new things. And so that part was really easy for me to go, oh, let's do something brand new that nobody's done before. Mm-hmm. And um, and the more, you know, that we researched, we found out like, no, nobody has done this before. Mm-hmm. A, a couple of similar things. Um, but I'm, I'm so lucky that my husband has a great job that he is um, <laughs> dedicated to and um, has been there for a number of years that has allowed me to do this. Um, but that also puts a lot of pressure on me. Um, I cover all of the family duties. Like I'm the one that's mostly driving the kids mm-hmm. to and fro. And, um, you know, I occasionally go to PTA meetings, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, volunteer at school and stuff like that. So, uh, and my husband does contribute with, you know, like he'll do a little laundry, but for the most part, I do most of it. And, and the kids are learning and, you know, they're contributing more too, but it's a crazy thing. If you parsed out all the things that women mostly try not to be too sexist, but mostly the, the head of household woman does versus the head of household man does. And there was this really interesting article I just read last week about how there's this emotional um, toll, this emotional cost and, uh, or and this mental cost that women are contributing far more um, to their families than, um, than men are traditionally sure so that's that's an interesting thing to to, to think about mm-hmm. you and walter have a have a different dynamic than that right i would say that <clears throat> i mean there's maybe, a, maybe maybe the exception to the to the generalized rule but i mean but well but i don't know i think that men traditionally were uh, expected to do a lot less Mm-hmm. With the family, with the house, right, right, because they're expected to do so much more in their right, careers. right, and they, right. but now they they do both too, right, mm-hmm. right. I mean the, the the I mean the fact that men are in the labor and delivery room, so right. from right from day one, they're doing twice as much as their dads or their grandfathers. Absolutely, did. absolutely. Um, I mean, the, and my house runs a little differently. I mean, I'm definitely the taxi driver, but I'm not necessarily the maid. Right. There's, oh, yeah, uh, for sure. there's a, and I think everyone, I mean, uh, especially like millennials now, you know, getting younger is, there is a lot more of that. I a think it's a little, so much shared and, and that you choose, right. You might be the, like, I'm the taker of the trash, but you're the 
washer, the recycling, but right. it's starting to get divvied up a little right. bit more. And your kids are getting to the age where they should be taking more. And they are. Um, right. right. And so it's, that makes a difference too. Yeah. No, I know. Well, hopefully. You make all the money, I'll do all the work. That's my time to have it. That's what my husband wants. Like, yeah. he's like, you know, I, I, I love, he works for a beer company. I love the beer, but... Um, it would be his dream to do MMA and, um, cook like that's, yeah. he's a really, really great cook. So <laughs> like if I could, if Doje, hello, everybody listening out there, if Doje <laughs> is more successful that I can be the sole provider, that's what he's doing. I'm like, wow, I get to look at something pretty and you make me food. Yeah, and I think that's the way things are going. There's so many dudes I know that want to be house husbands. They're totally down with this. like, And that's a shift. I mean, that's a cultural shift. It absolutely is. But as, I mean, just to bring it back, right now, we definitely are involved in this. I feel like women who step up, they're trying to do something, anything, right? You come up with an idea, and you, but you're, you, you're trying to balance that home and work. And as well as money and creative passion, right. all of these things. My thing is always that women generally choose to take that on. Guys are a little better about being like, we're on toe in the line. I'm going to get this job and then I'm going to work that job. Right. Right. And there's a little less of the like, but I want the dishwasher done this way, you know, right. And, and I also want my that. kids to be emotionally, you know, secure. And I'm going to read this book and I'm going to figure this. I mean, the, we, we do it to ourselves too. For sure. But the stresses are definitely huge. I mean, the, to start your own business, to be able to be at home, but then all that comes along with starting a business. Is, well, and there's there's that whole other caveat of um, what it's like to work from home. People that don't work from home think it's like awesome. <laughs> and then people that do work from home are like, it's a double-edged sword. Right. There are moments that are fantastic because I can show up in my flip-flops and my jammies and make my phone calls because I don't have to see people necessarily. I just have to speak to them. Um, but you have to walk past that load of dirty dishes exactly. that you need to be put away That's even though it. you should be on the phone call. That's well, it. and so I I think I went through a depression when I stayed home because of that. Because I had my house was cleaner when I worked because I I had I didn't have time. Mm-hmm. So I was more on Efficient top of things. I was and, much more fit yeah. and I but my work was very emotionally, I mean, it was. Fulfilling or draining? No, it was very draining. It was very draining. So I just like, you know, I had to figure out what we were doing here. And so we decided, and I was okay with being when the kids were little, because you can get out and do more. Like it's. Mm-hmm. Right. You just school, put them in a stroller and you Yeah. Go. Like, and yeah. it's fun and blah. But then you start getting to, oh, it's really gross over there. And <laughs> I just, well, and then school, you think that school is eight hours. It's not. It's six. And um, it's and then you're also, you know, you're lucky that your, your school, your neighborhood school is close by. Right, right, right. Um, but for people that have to drive their kids, then there's that added time. And right. So it's um, it's an interesting balancing act. And it, it, it may be the same a few days in a row or even a few weeks in a row, but then something shifts and, mm-hmm. you know, needs change. So I don't know. I... I it's certainly scary to go outside of that path that was laid before you, either by your parents or by yourself when you are a younger person mm-hmm. and find yourself in a different place. And you look back and go, I'm not sure that I'm happy about this decision, or I'm so sure that I'm happy about this decision. Well, and the other part too, is you got to add in your 
spouses two cents and your kids and they're just like oh, I can't do anything I want so it's like <laughs> but I mean you you shed that like you would have thought twice about doing this I'm sure right you could have bartended at night and made exactly. that money like you can't do that now I mean I'm just right. you know I, I don't know it's hard it's hard being family oriented and wanting to do it so when I told my husband about it, he's like because I own my own business but I also wanted to do this he goes can you just do one thing at a time for right now? And just kind of, <laughs> no. we just do it. And I'm like, I get that, but you know, I need to. We never do anything. I know. And I time. now that I'm not so involved with school, I don't know what I'm going to do in my time. You'll figure so it out. I will. You'll, you'll come learning, up with something. You're learning my house. You're Yay. learning how to play guitar. That's what you're exactly. Doing. I'll clean my house. You've got a cat. See, that's the I'll that's what we do. We fill my, we fill those holes. My cat. I mean, I'm excited to to look into Doja and see what you provide and how i mean i think it's a really interesting concept i think it's amazing that you that you're not from like a nursing background right but that you saw this need and wanted to wanted to fill it so i'm excited to look into it i have lots of friends in nursing and i I will spread the news as well yeah my family half of my family is in nursing and i will absolutely you guys should, should check it. My dad does hospice and like awesome. Oh, so hard. If anybody, if, if, if anybody, it's L and D and hospice nurse. Right, those are they need these. Right. They need to know that they're appreciated. Right. I think that that's probably a pretty good place to wrap up this session. Um, as soon as Penny walks away. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you uh, for for joining us. Sure. And uh, stay tuned next time, listeners, for the part two of this interview. And yeah, so yes, thanks. Awesome, thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks. is a production of Sophia Nico Present. Executive producer, Sophie Gray, edited and produced by myself, Nicholas Orlin, starring Penny Smith. If you would like to reach out to us or have any questions, please do not hesitate to do so. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook at Gunderpants or at Sophie and Nico Present. If you'd like to reach out to us by email, please do so by emailing sophieandnico at gmail.com. As always, thank you for listening and we hope you tune in next time. Yeah.